Oh, BTS has been making headlines and most recently uh, a lot of hype over what they were able to accomplish by spending two weeks at the number one spot on the Billboard Hot 100 charts. Uh, As we know, K-pop has slowly but surely been gaining popularity all over the world. Uh, We can uh, date back to to various uh, seminal moments in in K-pop history and its uh, uh, attention uh, paid uh, here in Asia, but even eventually to Western countries, uh, size Gangnam Style and its uh, popularity on YouTube, uh, one example, way back in uh, 2012. So to talk about the milestones uh, of the uh, K-pop industry and what we can expect in the future, we're very pleased to uh, have joining us Professor of Cultural Studies at George Mason University, Korea, Professor Lee Yu-Tak on the line. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us, Professor Lee. Uh, really appreciate it. So uh, BTS's new song, uh, Dynamite, spent two consecutive weeks at the number one spot, uh, Billboard Hot 100. Uh, they've, they've had uh, other milestones, including award ceremonies and uh, w- things that they've won, uh, album charts. But what is the significance of being number one at the Billboard Hot 100, in your view? Yeah, yes. Just like you mentioned, that they already had four number one albums on the Billboard chart of this Billboard 200. But usually, especially these days, uh, general audience are listening. Yeah. Looks like uh, we have lost the uh, connection with uh, Professor Lee, or at least uh, it does seem like uh, there is some problems with the uh, phone connection. So we're going to try to uh, reconnect uh, with uh, Professor Lee, but we are, of course, talking about BTS, and uh, uh, probably not an exaggeration to say that they are uh, the most prominent uh, K-pop group right now, at least uh, in global terms, but there there are a lot of other uh, popular groups, uh, including and uh, uh, really... uh, you can't really diminish their successes as well, Blackpink. But overall, uh, with this uh, phenomenon and uh, this uh, global recognition, especially in the Western world, uh, what are the implications? That's what we're trying to find out. Uh, we have reconnected the line. Uh, joining us once again, uh, Professor Igu Tak. Hello. Hello. Thank you. I think this uh, connection uh, is better. So um, okay. the, uh, the song Dynamite, uh, Professor Lee, it is uh, the uh, first all-English lyric song that BTS has released. It it does feel like the barrier to entry with just Korean lyrics seems to be diminishing because a lot of these uh, fans have translated the Korean lyrics to their respective languages uh, for their uh, respective armies, especially in the BTS context. But what implication do you think it has that Dynamite is English uh, for the global world? And um, in terms of your analysis, uh, what what genre do you think uh, Dynamite falls into? Oh uh, yes, uh, you're talking about the genre. So yes, um, the one of the reason that the general audience are enjoying uh, the song Dynamite is that the genre is based on the kind of the retrospective genre, which is uh, disco or the 19th R&B with the funky beat, which is very familiar to the Western audience as well as the yeah. general global audience. And also the English lyrics, yes, uh, they have not released all English uh, songs. Rather, they have been released many, releasing many Korean songs uh, before that. But um, actually, they have been, uh, they have become popular with their Korean songs, uh, not the very English songs. I think that this is the very thing that they made for very uh, kind of the very special gift for their fans mm. who have been trying to translate all the Korean lyrics into English. Right. So, yes, this, this might be kind of the uh, marketing strategy for them to make more general 
uh, songs for the broader audience, but still they are they are very close to the uh, their Korean identity with the Korean lyrics that they have released before. Let's talk about those fans uh, as uh, they are colloquially known as the Army, and uh, they have been um, also. Pretty uh, aggressive in trying to combat any uh, misperceptions or misunderstandings of what their uh, fandom represents. Uh, Back in July, uh, Time Magazine had this uh, special uh, edition uh, talking about BTS's success and how it was paved by uh, Western bands such as Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. I think uh, a lot of the uh, BTS army found that to be a little bit uh, problematic uh, and and sort of lumping them in with uh, the fans of the previous generation of these uh, other more Western uh, boy bands. Uh, Do you think that kind of perception still does exist in the U.S.? Um, I think it is very natural for the U.S. media to connect BTS with the previous uh, boy bands, such as uh, previous uh, American boy bands, such as Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. But yes, so they may have this such perception, but actually K-pop is a bit different from the uh, previous American boy bands, although it uh, I'm pretty sure that Korean bands have been influenced by the American boy bands, but they have their own uniqueness, they have their own oh. characteristics, so it might uh, make fans to think that it, might, it is not really fair to uh, say that they have been directly influenced and they have uh, the way that Korean bands become popular, uh, uh, become successful uh, due to the success of Backstreet Boys and think the previous American bands. Now, we know that uh, fandom of various uh, K-pop bands, uh, individual singers, uh, actors, idols, all of these uh, celebrities, it is quite, quite a, uh, I, I, an amazing phenomenon just to see how these fans interact with each other. Uh, but there's maybe some perception that there is a little bit of a kind of a mob. They, they, they move in a, in a group that is somewhat intimidating. Maybe they can be a bit aggress- aggressive. Uh, what, what are your views on that? Can you, can you explain the aspect of that industry? Um, it, yes, it is one of the very uniqueness in K-pop culture that Fans are very loyal to their fans, maybe much more loyal to fans of, uh, compared to fans of other music or other musicians. And I think it is based on the closer relationship between fans and the stars, like compared to fans, uh, like fans of other music or fans of Hollywood stars. Right. Because the relationship with the K-pop stars and fans is very closer based on the friendliness between fans and the stars. Usually Hollywood stars or the other pop stars are thought to be very far from uh, their life, their fans. So that is the reason why they are called stars in the sky, right? But K-pop stars is a bit different because they try to make their, shape their image as kind of very, kind of friend to them rather than a star far from them. So it makes um, fans to feel very close to them and it maybe it makes fans a bit more addicted to their um, stars. Yeah, interesting points there. Now, we, we kind of think that BTS overshadows everything in, in terms of the Korean wave and Hallyu right now, but uh, Blackpink uh, certainly uh, making a lot of headlines as well. They recently released a collaboration with uh, Selena Gomez, Ice Cream. That debuted at number 13 on the Hot 100 and Billboard. Uh, they've been busy. They've had another uh, release, Sour Candy, with uh, Lady Gaga earlier this year. How would you uh, assess Blackpink's popularity? Do you think they can reach that kind of BTS type of level? Um, actually, Blackpink became popular first because 
they reminded um, I mean U.S. audience of Twenty One, which was which had been popular yeah. in the early and mid 2010 from the very same entertainment agency. But they has become more popular last year when they uh, had a performance on Coachella Festival, where not only mm. K-pop fans but fans of other genres gathered. So it they. Uh, in the very on the very performance, they could show their own musical competence, different from other K-pop female bands as well as male bands. So that might be the reason why they become so popular these days to uh, American audience. Now we have more popularity with K-pop, and we now have an increase of non-Korean members in K-pop groups. Uh, I know that some people have said that this is somewhat worrisome that it's diluting the uh, uh, the creativity of K-pop or somehow it's being usurped or maybe uh, appropriated, which I, I know there's counter-accusations of uh, cultural appropriation. But you have said, uh, quote, K-pop is essentially a mixture of American and Japanese music, which means it's not utterly original. Could you elaborate a little bit on that? Yes, uh, as, as I mentioned, just like that, uh, K-pop can be considered as, I mean, the very essentially hybrid music rather than the uh, original ethnic music. So it is very natural for, I mean, non-Koreans to produce music like K-pop or to perform music like K-pop because it is based on the very different kinds of global music that everyone can produce and everyone can enjoy. But I also still, I still think that K-pop has their own characteristics or their own uniqueness, regardless of its own hybridity. So it means that now global fans, as well as global music media, recognize this uh, uniqueness, uh, its originality, the K-pop's originality. So when other um, non-Koreans are producing K-pop music or performing K-pop music, it may be considered as the music uh, highly influenced by K-pop, not just the uh, being stolen, or that c- will be considered as being stolen or um, being uh, overcome the K-pop with their own thing. Yeah, uh, certainly it is um, uh, fascinating to see, especially uh, with how it has been more and more widely accepted overseas and uh, kind of exciting to see how this is going to continue to evolve in the future as it does look like uh, the momentum uh, doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon, uh, especially with the continued uh, success of BTS. We're going to leave it there. Professor Igutaka, thank you very much for joining us and uh, hopefully we can have you back again to discuss these issues in more detail. Oh, thank you.